The last thing the Gemara said was the story with the daughter of Nakdim Ben-Gurion that she lost all her money and she was eventually collecting uh, seeds amongst Galilee Behema. And when Rav Yechem Ben-Zakai said, why, what happened to the money? She said, well, we didn't give tzedakah properly and tzedakah preserves money. So the Gemara says two lines at the bottom. Ben-Nakdim Ben-Gurion loyav tzedakah. Is it true that Nakdim Ben-Gurion didn't give tzedakah? But Tanya, but it says, Amru lova Nakdim Ben-Gurion. They used to say about Nakdim Ben-Gurion that that when he would travel from his house to the base Medrash, they would put out silk, like silk robes, for him to walk on. And he would leave it for Aniyim. So Aniyim would come and take it. So, this shows you how wealthy he was, but also at Sadaqah, if he's walking and, and he's, you know, everything he stepped on, the, the Aniyim, Aniyim, the, the, that as he's walking. God. So as he's walking, uh, the Aniyam are coming and taking the clothing. So that's that's Sadaka. Why is it not Sadaka? So the Gemara answers, first of all, he could be he did it for his own covet. Meaning it didn't look good for him to take all the, you know, he wouldn't take it back with him. So he let people take it because it was, you know, to keep up a good optic, but he wasn't actually interested in doing tzedakah. Or he did tzedakah, but not to, the, uh, not to his abilities. Meaning what he did was a lot of tzedakah, but for someone of that means, he should have done more. As, the, as people used to say, based on the strength of the camel, that's, that's what you do with the, with the load. Meaning the stronger the camel, the greater the load that it could carry. So he had more money, he should have given more tzedakah. Okay, Tanya. Um, Rav Elizabeth Tzadik, Elizabeth Tzadik said, Era ben Choma, uh, may I see compassion, basically in other words that he's saying that he should seek comfort, but what he saw was pretty devastating, that he saw, it, it actually means I shouldn't seek comfort if I didn't see, meaning, meaning I, I, I need Nechama for what I saw, and that is, to see a, a Jewish woman looking for Sa'irim amongst the, 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 the excrement of Susim, Ba'ako, and when he saw this, I guess it was a similar situation, a wealthy woman that that the money was lost. And when he says, when I saw this, Karasi Aleha Mikrazeb, I said about this woman the following Pasuk. The Pasuk says, Imloy The Pasuk says, if I if I didn't um, watch uh um uh, beautiful amongst the women, follow the footsteps of the sheep and graze your um, your young uh, sheep. Al El your bodies, meaning that that they have to graze their bodies, have to graze like to look for the mamish like like an animal. So he said about the the situation. He said that person. Okay, new topic. The Gemara says like this. We said in yesterday's daf that if you bring in that if the husband bring if the wife brings in money, the husband has to return the money at the if he divorces her or if he dies before her, uh, plus a fifty percent surcharge. Merchandise that she brings in. He only has to return 80% of it. Why? Uh, because if it's merchandise that's meant to be used, it'll depreciate in value 20%. Or if it's merchandise that, that uh, is meant to be sold, the appraisal's probably off 20%. So now here's the question. What about gold bars? So is gold bars, it's not money because it wasn't used as a currency. <laughs> they didn't use gold bars as a currency. They only used gold coins. But is a gold, a gold bar or any gold... Is it treated as regular merchandise that he only returns 80%? Or do you say that gold bars, 
Um, it doesn't appreciate in value if you use it because it was, it was stronger. If you were to use gold in any way, it doesn't, it doesn't depreciate in value. And the appraisals were more accurate. So it could be with gold, it's its own category that you have to return 100%. So that's the question of how do we treat gold? So the Gemara says, If she brings in gold into the marriage, He has to pay back 100%, meaning... Gold, it's not money, but it's treated as merchandise. But unlike regular merchandise where you return 80% of the appraised value, gold is different because it doesn't appreciate in, in, its, in its value over time. And it doesn't, uh, it, it's, it's more appraised more accurately, so you have to pay back 100%. So that's his shita, that gold is treated in its own category. It's not like any other merchandise, it's its own category. So Mesa, Abakasha, the Bryce says, Hazav, Hareyu, Kekelim. Gold is like merchandise, meaning pashas means like any other merchandise, which is that it, you only pay back 80% of the appraised value. So how could you say gold is its own category? It says gold is like merchandise. My love, kekelem shel kesef, depoxi, is it not referring to the standard merchandise like silver, which depreciates in value, so you only have to return 80%? Stands as loy, kekelem shel zav, No, it means gold is like vessels, meaning gold vessels, meaning it's its own category. So here's the kasha, and this is a kasha that Gemara is not going to answer. Then it should say, gold is like gold utensils, meaning it's its own category. Meaning you tell me gold is like merchandise, but you're saying, no, it doesn't mean regular merchandise, it means like gold merchandise, it's a special category. Then say that. It should say, gold is treated like gold merchandise, that it's its own category, k-love. When you say k-lim, that means standard merchandise which means depreciates in value. So how can you say that gold is its own category? Kind of, It doesn't sound like that. Okay. Another kasha. That kasha we're not going to answer. Another kasha. We're saying right now that gold is its own category. And it's not treated like any other merchandise. Tanya. The b'risa says like this. There's two clauses in the b'risa. The b'risa starts off by saying, Zav hareu kekelem. Again, gold is like merchandise. Again, that either means standard merchandise or gold merchandise, whatever. We'll get to that in a second. But gold is like his merchandise. Then dinare zav. What about gold um, gold dinars? Now, gold dinars were, were not standardly used, but they could be swapped for cash. It's probably the equivalent of like, like a gold coin in America, like solid you know, gold, you know, like, a, like a silver ounce. Like, it, it's not money. You can't go into the store and give it, but it could be exchanged. So is it treated, if she brings that into the marriage, is it treated like money that he has to pay back a 50% surcharge? Or is it treated like... Any other merchandise that's eighty percent. So what's the halacha? Dinari zavarei kiksafim. It's like money. Okay. They didn't use gold dinars. It wasn't used in the location. So Rishim Gamliel says like this. Rishim Gamliel says if it's not exchanged, it's not money. It's treated like vessels. Now, the simple explanation of the b'risa is that you have the first clause, which is gold uh, is treated like merchandise, period. Then the second one is a machloikis of whether gold dinars are treated as cash. The Tanakhama says yes, and Rishim Gulil says not if they're not exchanged. If they're not normally exchanged, they're not cash. No, I mean, not, not easily. In that location, if they don't exchange oh, it easily, it's not cash. So the pashtus, the machleik is Hashem Gamliel, and the Tanakama is regarding gold coins, not regarding... Again, we're trying to figure out, we had a discussion of gold 
items, is, it, is gold items treated like standard merchandise or is it treated like, um, uh, uh, like its own category? This brysa has the gold items and then it has a second clause uh, seeming machloikes between the Tanakam and Shungam Liel of how do we treat gold coins. Now the problem is like this. What exactly is the machloikes about? The Tanakam says gold coins is cash. Shungam Liel says not if it's not exchanged. So that means that according to the Tanakama, even if it's not exchanged, it's still treated as cash? <laughs> Why? If I bring in cash that's not usable, right? It has a value, but not it's not exchanged. Meaning, how could the Machalik, what's the Machalik is Tanakama Shingonlil? They're arguing seemingly about gold coins, but it doesn't make sense. What's the Machalik is about? Shingonlil seems to be right. If it's not exchanged, how could it be treated as cash? Why would the Tanakama disagree with that? So the Gemara says, which is where is the machlekes about? If it's talking about the end of the brisa, meaning how do you treat gold coins, whether it's treated as cash or not? That means the Tanakama holds that even if gold coins are not exchanged, it's still treated as cash. It doesn't make sense. People don't use it. You bring in a currency that no one uses. Why? Why? It's not usable. What do you want from me? It could be exchanged, maybe you could melt it down, whatever, but it's not, it's not usable. So what's the machloikis? It must be, Rav Shem was not referring to the second clause, he was referring to the first clause. They're arguing about gold merchandise. And what's the machloikis? The machloikis is, is gold merchandise considered like any other merchandise that you pay 80% or is it its own category? So now what we said before, which is that gold is treated as its own category, is now a machloikis tanoi. Because right? this brysa has a machloikis. The machloikis is either about gold coins or gold merchandise. Now, we don't think it's about gold coins because it doesn't make sense what the machlik is about. Everyone should agree. If it's not used, it's not, co- it's not cash. It must be the machlik is about gold merchandise. Meaning, so what we thought, which is a pashtus, that gold merchandise is its own category that the husband pays back 100% of the praise value, all of a sudden now is a machlik is tanoim. So now it's not so pashtus anymore. So the Gemara says, El This is what the Bryce actually says. Zav, gold, items, hareyu kekelim. The Tanakhama says gold is treated like merchandise, my kalim, kalim shil kesef, meaning standard merchandise, that's 80% of the appraised value. And Rav Shem Gamliel says, And Rav Gamliel says, no, it's treated as cash in a location where it's exchanged. Meaning, our shita, that gold is its own category, is now not according to the Tanakhama anymore. So the Gemara says, no. Really, everyone agrees gold is its own category. What's the machlekes? The machlekes is about whether gold dinars are treated as cash. I, we said before, what would the machlekes be about? Again, the Tanakama, according to this, right now, we're going to revise the machlekes. The machlekes is everyone agrees gold items are treated as its own category. You have to pay back 100% of their appraised value. Fine. What's the machlekes? How do you analyze gold dinars? Tanakama says it's cash. Rishim Lil says not if it's not, not exchanged. So what's the machlik is about? Like it's pretty standard. Shemuel is right. The answer is it's talking about a location where they exchange it, but it's through difficulty. It's difficult to exchange it. You can get it done, but it takes a tircha. The question is, if you bring in gold dinars in a location where you could exchange, but it's not common to exchange and it's hard to exchange, is that treated as cash or is that treated as merchandise? That's the machlekes. But everyone agrees gold items have their own category. The machlekes is whether gold dinars in a location that's difficult to exchange, but, but you could if you want to, it's just a little difficult, whether that's treated as cash or not. That's the machlekes. The Gemara says, 
The cases where you could exchange it with difficulty. This is the Machlokes. The Tanakama says, well, if you could exchange it, it's cash. Because it's difficult, it's not exchange. So therefore, everyone agrees with our Shita before that gold items have their own category. The Machlokes is about gold dinars. Okay. Another answer. It really, the answer is very simple. We thought that there's a machlaikis, Tanakam of Shingomliel. Because of that machlaikis, we thought that our statement before was a machlaikis. The answer is there's no machlaikis. The entire Brysa was a Shingomliel. There's just words missing. So there's no machlaikis at all. So just we're going to edit the Brysa in such a way that there's no machlaikis. So everyone could agree with what we're saying. The answer is Kular of Shingomliel. Really, the entire Brysa is authored by Rav Shingomliel. The Chasuri Mechsara, the Achikatani, and there are words missing in the Brysa. And if you reread the Brysa properly, you'll see that our Shita is universal. This is what the Brysa should say Zav, gold items, Hareyuka Kalim. They're, they're like their own merchandise. Dinaris of gold coins, is like cash. It's only cash when it's in an area that it's used, is easily exchanged. But in a location where they don't exchange gold dinars, they don't use it. Then they go back to the standard category, which is gold has its own category. Because as a Shingon Liel used to say, gold that's not normally exchanged is treated as gold items and it has its own category. Okay. We still have, so right now we're saying gold uh, is its own category. Fine. Now here's the problem. Here's the last problem, and that is when the Brysa says gold, harehik and kalim, kalim means merchandise. It's the question we had before, which is all merchandise. If it meant gold has its own category, it says kike love. Gold is like gold items, meaning it's its own category. So the Gemara says, kasha. That's a kasha that we don't have. Or another answer. Um, again, the, the problem is we're saying that gold is its own category, meaning it doesn't appreciate in value, so you don't pay back 80% of the appraised value, you pay back 100%. The problem is the machleikas tanoim, the tanakama seems to indicate that gold does depreciate in value and it's treated like any other merchandise. So we tried to revise the b'risa. You know what the answer is? Uh, it could be it's talking about Bahava Pricha, which is brittle gold, chips of gold. Meaning, normally gold is treated as its own category because it doesn't appreciate in value. But if you have gold chips, like small little chips of gold that like broke off of a larger piece of gold, those depreciate over value because they're so small, those become more brittle. Or Ravashiya Mimala gold dust, meaning. The answer is really normally gold does not depreciate in value, and you have to pay back 100% of the appraised value. Either Bryce indicates that it, it's like any other merchandise, it does depreciate. That's talking about gold chips. Gold chips, over time, depreciate in value. But the standard gold bar doesn't. Okay. Fine. Um, use this items. So we said in the Mishnah that if you bring in merchandise, you pay back 80%. But if you bring in cash, cash, you pay back a 50% surcharge. The husband pays back a 50% surcharge. Yeah? Good? Yeah. So, meaning, if he brings in cash, then the husband pays back the cash plus 50%. Now... It has anything to do with inflation? No, it's, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's like basically as... Re- it's his, rewar- uh, his rewarding his wife for the opportunity to, to handle the cash. Now... Huh? <laughs> right, Pasha says it, meaning, meaning it's like it's worth it for him because he now has a cash influx... He could, you know, he could do business. 
So the truth is, it's not a matter of cash. It's anything that's considered like cash. Meaning, in well, what are the in, the Native Americans like? Their cash was wampum or corn. I thought at some point maize. Didn't they use maize to like commerce? So anything that's that's used in the place of cash is also cash, right? There's merchandise which is meant to be sold, and then there's the currency. Currency doesn't have to be gold. It could be it could be yeah, Bitcoin. And no, honestly, it could be like that would be the newer version. So. It probably depends on who you ask about this. But. Yeah, so, no, but the, the, that's the point. So the question is, is it, oh, yeah, because yeah, gold, the, the exchange rate. So, the, but the point is, if there are locations where they have other forms of currency, then that, that would also be a 50% surcharge. So the mission, the price is now going to list other things that were treated like money because they were treated as currency. Spices of Antuchia are like cash because they were used as currency. So if she brings in spices of Antochia, he has to pay back 50% surcharge of the value. Camels of Arabian camels, she, she gains 50%, meaning that was also treated as currency. The shirts of Beimichsi, um, some sort of clothing for Michsi that was also treated as currency because that was, that was the currency at the time. Amr uh, of Papi, Sacks of Rudia and ropes of Kimchuya, you should go to Parnamiham, they're also treated as currency. Okay? One last clause before we get to the Mishnah. Um, we said that the Ksuba is collected from land only because that's what there's a lien on property and people. Um, is like property is used as security. So the, 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 it was always uh, taken from land, not from cash. The ksuba was collected. Says the Gemara, Amar Rava, Meresh Havamina. First, I used to say, Hani Arniki de Mechuza, that if the husband died leaving money bags of Mechuzia, you should go to that she could collect her ksuba from him. My time, because they use them as securities. Meaning, the same way, right, when if I'm giving you a loan, I'm confident because there's a lien on the property. Apparently, in Mechuzia, they used to use gold, uh, gold bags in place of land. So he used to say, I would, uh, I, I, I thought that because in that location they treat gold bags as land, you could collect the ksuba from the gold bags. Says the Gemara, But once I realized that they take the, the bags and they sell it, to, to, they buy land with it, meaning it's all working up to land, you see that land is in the hierarchy is the most chashiv, and therefore, <coughs> even if they say they treat as land, land is, 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 is more real estate, real, so to speak, than, 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 uh, than gold bags. So it, it, they don't let you collect from bags of mechuzah. There's also a separate issue. We had this in the past because then you'd have to make shavuas because uh, we're afraid that if, right, one of the reasons why we, we make her collect from land and not from cash is because we're afraid that she'll take the cash when she's alive and then take the cash a second time because cash is, is movable. Um, okay, well, that's, that'll be a side issue. Okay, fine. New Mishnah. Mishnah says like this. Hamasya is bitoy stam. If a man marries his daughter off and he doesn't stipulate the amount of the dowry, so the halacha is he's obligated to give a minimum amount, which is he has to give at least 50 zuz. That was the minimum amount for a dowry. Now, another halacha. The husband normally is obligated to supply his wife with clothing only after the chuppah. However, if, the, if before the kedushin, the father stipulates with the husband, I am not supplying her with one piece of clothing. 
It's not happening. Then the halacha is, the husband can't say, I'll put on clothing on her after the chuppah. No good. Why? He has to start giving her clothes now. Meaning, although normally the husband's responsibilities kick in after the chuppah, but because over here, when he married her after the kedushin, it was clear that the, the father was not supplying her. It's the equivalent of the, of the husband being makabal that achat v'chiv right away. Because the husband knows that the father is not doing it, so by him marrying her, it's basically him saying, I'll take care of it even before the chuppah. One last halacha. Hamas yasiyasayma. If you marry off a yasayma, the halacha is that if you marry off a yasayma, right, the, the, the kupara ir, they used to collect tzedakah and it would go to a communal fund and they would use it for charity purposes. The halacha is that a yasayma, when the tzedakah of the city is marrying her off, they have to give her a dowry of 50 zuz because that, that's the minimum amount that everyone's entitled to. And if they have more money in the till and she, and she comes from a chasher family, they would have to up it as well. Because the basic rule is, and this is what we're going to see, it's the theme of the next Ahmed, is that you have to supply Aniyim with what they were accustomed to before they became poor. So if she came from a very wealthy family that was accustomed to a 200 zuz dowry, then if the charity fund has the means, they have to give her 200 zuz. If they don't, then 50 zuz is, is, is the minimum. But, but the truth is, if her family comes from a more of means, and then they lost the money, then you have to give her more than, you have to give her up to 200 zuz. Um, but there's a shita, by the way, that holds. It's an interesting shita, just la halacha. Because we've had this, Hashimino has like a, like a, not a gemach, but like a, a loaning, you know. And there's sometimes you, have, you hear stories about people that, that they were wealthy, they lost all the money, but no one knows. So they're still having an upkeep, and it's like a weird, it's a weird concept. They're collecting tzedakah, and they're still driving a, like a nicer car than I have. But 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 that's the point. The Torah says that they're they're allowed to keep to maintain their status quo to not embarrass them. There's an interesting sheet to the sheet to Mikubetzis and the staff. I don't know how we pass. I have to check it up. But the sheet says that's only true if people don't know about it. Once people find out they're poor then there's no need to upkeep. Meaning, pashtas, if they're coming from a wealthy, aristocratic area, then even when, if people find out they're poor, you still have to give them because they, they, they have a certain lifestyle they've had to keep up. The shita says, no. The purpose of, keeping, of giving them more money is to keep up the facades that no one finds out. Once people find out, then let them be poor. Like, whatever. Like, the cat's out the bag. It doesn't really matter anymore. It's interesting. I, I don't think we pass in that way, but it's an interesting shita. Okay. Start the Gemara. So the Mishnah said that a father has to give a dowry of 50 Zuz. We've had this before. There were two different types of Zuz. There was called Zuz Pshiti, simple Zuz, and Tyrian Zuz. Tyrian Zuz was eight times more valuable. So the question is, when it says that the tzedakah organizations have to give a Yisayim of 50 Zuz, is that the cheaper Zuz or the way more expensive Zuz? And the answer is, as you can imagine, it's the cheaper Zuz because the Mishnah said that we give a poor girl... 50 zuz, and if, if, she, if they could afford more and more, 50 zuz of the higher caliber was way more than enough to say it, it's, it's the lesser zuz. It says, It's talking about the simple zuz, which was an eighth of the value of Tyrian zuz. Because it says in the mission, that the mission said you have to give from the tzedakah pushka, 50 zuz for each yisayma. But if, the, if, they, if they have more money in the till, give her more money. You think, 
you're already giving her 50 zuz of the actual Tyrian zuz. You think you're going to give her more than that? That would be outlandish. It must be that it's 50 of the cheaper zuz. Okay. Let's say you have a yasem and yasem are both coming to tzedakah, and the tzedakah only has enough money for one of them. So it's a famous halacha. You give the girl first, and then the yasem. Why? Because it's normal for a man to go around collecting money. But for a woman to do it is very degrading, and it's not sneeze, and therefore, we, to avoid her going from door to door, we do that, even if it means him going from door to door. A similar halacha, Yosem v'yusem, go to the next page, Shabo Nase. if a Yosem and a come to get married, Masinus a Yosem, V'yachach Masinus a we marry off the girl first. Because it's more embarrassing for her to be in this situation than for a guy. A guy can handle, uh, you know, that, uh, that, that bachelor her for a little bit longer. So for the girl, it's a little harder. So we're going to marry her off first. Tanra That's a lot. Whoa, right? I'm just going to breathe for a second. Okay, Tanra Abonin. Yasem Shabalisa, if Yasem comes to get married, so he needs... He's got to get a house. He's got to get, like, he's got to stock the house. He's got to make a, yeah, yeah. He's got to get a house. He's got to stock the house. He's got to get married, pay for the wedding. So what do we do? First, we rent him a house. Then we give him items. Then he gets married. We don't have to get married first. He's got no place to go. So we give him a house. We get him settled. Then we pay for the wedding. The pastor says you should give him that which he's lacking, meaning it's a double lotion. So what does it mean? It's a double lotion. Okay. So that's it. So that, that's the, the loy, right? He's a, he's a connector. The loy is for him. So therefore you give him a house, items, and then the wife. Which means, again, you have to give him, the poor person, what he's lacking. You have to give him tzedakah. You don't have to make him wealthy. Meaning, you have to upkeep what he was doing. He doesn't have to be comfortable. Like, he, 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 he can't go over to someone like... Yeah, no, 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 yeah. He can't, he can't say, listen, I'd, I'd like... I'd like fifty thousand in the bank just to feel comfortable. Like you know, we're not making you wealthy. We're 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 upkeeping your life and giving you enough to survive. And if you need to survive in your bra- tax bracket, fine. But we're not making you wealthy. Like we're not we're not giving you cash to just sit in your bank. Like that's not required. But if he's accustomed to a slave or a, a, a horse. Uh, or, or a slave running in front of him, which was like the wealthy, that we will give you, meaning we're going to upkeep your old life. We're not going to make you wealthy. We're just going to upkeep. We're going to give you the minimum to upkeep the way you used to live. But you don't have to, like, you, you could be driving a fancy car, but like, and when you go in your house, your house is bare. So it's all optics, but you're actually not wealthy. Umbro love Al-Hilal Zakin. This is a pretty amazing story. We know that Hillel was beloved by everyone, right? Everyone loved Hillel. So there's famous stories in Masech Shabbos about how Hillel never got angry. Umbro love Al-Hilal Zakin. Shalakach la'ani ben ta'ivim. Echot sus l'archavalav. Evet la'aretz l'fanav. So this person came and he wanted, a, again, he was accustomed to wealth when he was wealthy. And they gave him, a, he wanted a slave to run in front of him. That's what they would have a slave running in front. And he would do this. But pamachas le'imotza evet la'aretz l'fanav. One time he couldn't find someone. So Hill himself ran in front of the slave for three million. So Shaila, A, how he's allowed to do this, Tamachachim, running for three miles. But also, like, 
the, the, the poor guy didn't like say to Hillel, I think we're good. Like, it shows you maybe he wasn't, uh, he didn't have the best uh, midas in the world. The Gemara wants to describe how, again, they would give a poor person who came from wealth even a high amount of money. So it says that there was this poor person, they gave him a litra of basar. Litra is a measurement, of a, it's a weight of coin. They gave him the weights of a litra, so of that much meat. So let's say you were away coins and then take the coins and not spend the money, but that amount of, of weight, you put it on, on meat. So the art scroll says it's 14 ounces. So 14 ounces every day. Now it's, it's nice, but it's not like, you know, it's pretty good. It's not like crazy. So the Gemara says, Litra busa I mean, like you're trying to find an example of like, I got Hillel running three miles, like, you know, show me something, I got 14 ounces, it's not bad, but it's not, it's not so like outlandish that that's how much they spent on tzedakah, 14 ounces of meat a day, it's not so crazy. So the Gemara says, oh, Litra busa is first of all, it was, it was, it was, uh, it was 14 ounces of, 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 uh, of chicken or, or like, uh, you know, like, that, like the a pigeon or those hens, you know, those small birds, what do you call it? What a Cornish hens. That's 14 ounces of that meat. That's, that's a lot. Or, or another answer is it, was, it wasn't the ounces of the weight of the coins. They actually spent 14 ounces of gold on meat. So it wasn't 14 ounces of meat. It was they took 14 ounces of coins and bought meat with it. And, and 14 ounces of gold can buy you a tremendous amount of meat. Ravashi Amar Hassan Kifar Katan have a Or he says another shot was it was 14 ounces of meat, but it was a small village, so they'd have to shech the cow every day. Now, if you shech the cow in New York, you can get buyers. But when you're in a small village, you're throwing out a lot of meat. So they were, they were, there was no way to preserve it. So they were like going through a lot of waste. So it's not that the 14 ounces. Were, were, was so impressive. It was that the amount of wastage they did it still to upkeep his lifestyle. Because they're not giving him. That's the point. Because we're not supposed to make you wealthy. That's a good point. Also, I mean, okay, okay, you're not getting more. <laughs> That's the point. They're not. They're not getting you. They're not getting you. You're not becoming wealthy. They're giving you what you were used to. You're used to 14 ounces. You're not getting a penny more. Says the Gemara like this. There was a person who came in front of Rav Nechemiah. He was a poor person. He asked for money. So Rav Nechemiah said, what are, what are you accustomed to eating? Fatty meat and aged wine. So Rav Nechemiah said, Rabbi Chaimia says, I could offer you lentils. So like, I'll give you lentils. Gilgalim of Adash, and they ate lentils when Mason he died. Because his body was not used to lentils, his body was used to meat and wine. Now, so Rabbi Chaimia said, It's Chaval, poor guy that Nechemia killed him. Like, poor guy, he died. So the Gemara says, Isn't it poor Nechemia that he killed the guy? Meaning, like, like if, I, if, if you kill somebody and you're like, eh, poor guy. That shouldn't it be poor you that like you're going to hell? <laughs> like, like, isn't it? Isn't it? Like, it sounds like it's just a chaval. The guy died. It's it kind of like taking the blame away from Nechemilovitz. It should be woe is to Nechemia because he killed somebody. The answer is who delay Nechemia did not look at himself as a murderer because he said that it was the guy's fault. He shouldn't have. He shouldn't have been accustomed to only meat and wine. Now. 
So Nehemiah felt that he bad, he felt bad, the guy died, but he didn't take responsibility because he's like, that's not my... You make it that you can't eat lentils, you're going to get lentils in life. Like, you got to be able to get used to it. Now, I will say this, as Shaila is, we pask and you're supposed to give him meat and wine. Like, so the answer is, I saw some of Farshim say that Nehemiah felt you only have to do that if they were, if they were raised wealthy. That was Nehemiah Shiza. This guy was not raised wealthy, he was raised poor. The last couple of years, he got all into the fanciness. So Rav felt, you were raised poor, you're poor now, you can go back to being poor. But if it was Taka, someone who was raised wealthy, I think Rav Nechemi would agree, you'd have to give him. That was Rav Nechemi Shit. Listen, the guy died, so it turns out, I probably should have given him the meat and the wine. But, that, so the Gemara says the following, this is funny, this is like a, like a Moifus story. Like, this is like a, like a, like a chesidish ma'isa, but you have this in the Gemara. There was, again, a similar situation. A guy who was raised poor, and then he, he became wealthy, or he ate, acted wealthy, and now he's poor again. He comes in front of Rav. Again, he wants food. So Rav says, what are you accustomed to eating? Fatten, fatten uh, like a hen, and, and, and wine. Very fancy. Rav says, why weren't you worried about, uh, you know, why aren't you worried about the tziba? That's, and all of a sudden you're poor now, I gotta, it's a lot of money you're putting on the tziba. Why, why don't you think about this? This answer is strange. I'm not eating from Klai, meaning I'm relying on Hashem, and Hashem has enough money, so why can't... Uh... That's how he's talking. That's not real, but... Unless he, he meant it. Well, you'll see, a story, it ends pretty interesting. So maybe he meant it. He's saying, I, I was... I'm saying, I don't think he was being a fake from guy. He was just saying, no, he was no, saying... He was maybe bipolar. You know? No, I think he was legitimately... No, I, I know the end of the story. I think he legitimately <laughs> might have been a Yare Shemayim. And he was legitimately saying, because this is, is going to be a miracle that happens for this man in about a moment. So I think he might have been actually a Yare Shemayim. And he was saying, I'm relying on Hashem. Meaning, why couldn't I? I'm not, I didn't think I would be poor and I'd put my, on the tzibar. I, I, I thought I was relying on a Kaddish Baruch Hu every year and, and he has enough money to take care of me. So he says, You're taking care of me individually. Hashem gives parnas to each person all the time. So now, again, Rav is upset with this guy and Rav doesn't want to give him the wealthy stuff. Because he says, you're putting it on the tzibur. At this time, as they're talking, there's a knock on the door. It's Rava's sister, and Rava's sister hasn't seen him in 12 years. And she brought, as a welcoming, this, uh, to hello, she hasn't seen him in 12 years. She brings a fattened hen and aged one. Mamish like, it's like a Mifa story. It's like, yeah. that, that's what he was waiting for. And knocks on the door. They haven't seen each other in 12 years. And she says, I have a gift for you of a fattened hen, aged wine, which is what the guy asked for. Mm-hmm. So he says, um, So the Rav is saying, well, what's going on over here? So Rav said, Hashem answered your tefillah, go eat. Meaning, it's like a like a small miracle story. That's what the Ani was asking for, and Hashem supplied it. So it shows you that that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to supply the guy. I, I listen. I'm not saying the guy was worthy of being this miracle. Maybe it was just stam that Hashem was teaching you halacha that you got to supply the poor person what they're accustomed to, whether they whether they were right to do it or not. Taner Abonim. Okay. Einloi. Here's the here's the following situation. You have people. You have okay. You could have two different types of people that come to the kupata ear. You could have people that don't have money but don't want to be taken care of. They're stubborn and they're proud 
The problem with that is they could die. You have someone who has no money, but he doesn't want to collect money. That's a problem. Or you could have someone who has money, but he doesn't want to spend it. And he's dying also. So you have one guy dying because he's too proud to ask for pushka and he doesn't have a penny. You have another guy dying of hunger because he doesn't want to spend the money on himself. So what do you do with these two types of people? What does the Kupara ear do? So the Gemara says, Ainloy, if he doesn't have money, but he's embarrassed, he doesn't want to collect charity because he's too proud. So here's what we do. We tell him, here's a loan. Don't tell him it's a gift because he's not going to take it. Tell him it's a loan. And then after he takes a loan, when he says, oh, when do I have to put back? You say, don't worry about it. So therefore, it's not, he'll take it because he's not embarrassed, but don't actually collect. The Chum say, no, 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 give it to him as a gift, and then if not, make it a loan. So says, no, you, you, if you offer it to him as a gift, he's not going to take it, that's the point, he's proud. So the Gemara says, I'm sorry, um, what it means is like this, according to the Rav Meir, if the guy's proud, you just give him a loan and say, don't pay it back. But you start with the loan. The Chum say, no, offer him a gift first. If he then refuses, then tell him it's a loan. So it's just a machalikas of, of... Yeah. So the machalikas is just basically how you start it. Now that's for someone who doesn't have money, but he's too proud to collect. But yesh Let's say there's a guy who has money, but he doesn't want to spend it. And he's dying because he's too cheap. So then what do you do? Give it to him as a gift, and he'll take the gift because he's super cheap. Because again, he's not going to take a loan, this guy. Right, because that's his problem. He doesn't spend the money, so giving them as a gift. But then collect. So I mean, give it them as a gift, and then collect it, because then it's really a loan. So the Gemara says, It's not going to work. You got to, you got to. This guy, this guy has to be given money like long term. You give him a hundred dollars, and then two days later, you say it's a gift, and then two days later, you say. Uh, Collecting up, it was really a loan, so he's not going to take money from you again. The answer is, it means collected from his inheritance. Meaning, keep giving him gifts, 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 air quotes, gifts, gifts, gifts. But then when he dies, you go to the estate and say, These were all loans, give it back. Okay? Shimon has a different take. He says, If the guy has money and he's just cheap, we're not giving him a penny. If he's going to die, He'll die. That's his problem. I'm not doing. We're not. We're not playing games with him. We're not giving him money and then saying it's a gift and then turn, no. You have the money and you don't want to spend it on yourself. Good luck. Says the Gemara. Um, but let's say the opposite. The guy has no money. Again, he has no money. So he has no money, but he's too proud to collect. So then. Here's what you tell him. You say, here's money. Again, it's the same thing. You tell him it's a loan. So how do you do that? You tell him, give me some collateral for this loan. And you take the collateral, even though it's not a loan, just because it'll make him feel more comfortable that, that he thinks that it's a loan. So you tell him, let me take the collateral. It's not collateral. You take the collateral, and then he'll think it's a loan. Taner Ha'avet, right? Ha'avet tavitenu is the obligation to lend out poor people, Right? The Pasuk says, Havet Tavitanu, which is, you shall surely loan a poor person money. Havet, the Pasuk ta- tells you to la- loan someone, a poor person. That's referring to someone who has no money, but he doesn't want to, he's too proud. So you should lend him money, because he's too proud to collect charity, so give him money, that uh, lend him some money. 
You give him a loan and then you turn it into a gift. We had it before. Tavitanu, you shall lend him. That's talking about the opposite, which is someone has money, but he's being cheap. You give it him a gift, and then after he dies, you collect it from this state, because it was really a loan. Divre Rav Yehuda. He says no, as we, the Chum say no, which you had before, which is if he has the money and he's too cheap, I'm not giving him a penny. So I, it says Tavi Tanu, which you surely lend them. They retire Kalishmani Yadam. The Torah sometimes uses double Russians, it doesn't have any meaning. So the second uh, thing doesn't teach you that you have to lend him the money, you don't give him a penny. Okay, now the following couple stories, we'll end with this. Now it's just stories. Mar Ukva. Okay. Marukva have onye bishibuse. Marukva had a poor person in his neighborhood that he gave tzedakah to, but the tzedakah, the, the poor person didn't know that Marukva was giving him the money. And as we're going to see, one of the, the highest madrega of tzedakah is not to embarrass the guy, so you give it to him where, where he doesn't know that he's being given tzedakah. So the Gemara says, Every day, Marukva would take four coins and drop it in the slot of his house. Without the guy looking, you open up the slot, you put the money in. So the Gemara says, "Yoy One day, oh my, the poor person said, I want to see who's doing this chesed for me." So he he likes he was like staking by his house to watch for when the cash would fall in. That day, it happens to me, Marukva was running late in yeshiva, and Aisidibisubade. So his wife was uh, walking with him. I guess he was running late, so his wife was escorting him to the base medrash. So instead of Marukva just giving the cash, it was both of them were going together. So keeping the chaz the kamatzil as soon as the poor person saw the door begin to open, right? Nafik basari, he ran after them. So Rotan Makami, they ran away from him. So now they're being chased. atuna They both ran into an oven, a stove that had that was previously hot. So the stove was off. It was, it was a, I guess, like a large oven, like a pizza oven uh, that you could walk into. The oven was off, but it was still residually hot, which the same thing happened to Rav Zera, by the way. Rav Zera would do this every day. That's what they used to call Rav Zera, singed thigh man, because he would go in every day to test to see if he was like a Yerush enough to see if he would be saved every day. And then one day, one day he was taka burned. But they ran into this oven. The Gemara says, "Have a come a clinic karei de Marukva." Marukva's feet were beginning to burn, as you can imagine. Amrle debisu, so Marukva's Marukva's wife, whose feet were not being burned miraculously, said, "Shekol karach usvakari, stand on my feet." And Marukva's wife was was not being burnt at all. Marukva's feet were being burnt, and Marukva's wife said, "Stand on my feet. You'll be fine." So, the, so meaning a miracle was happening to his wife. So Cholish daiti, so Marukva was feeling bad. Why, why am I not being zeichet and saved and, and my wife is? So Amr Lehi, she says, She said, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm at home more, and when I give tzedakah, I'm giving them food. Right? That's the famous chilek between men and women when they give tzedakah, and that is men give cash, and the woman, she would give food. So the food is a quicker hana. So she's saying, because my tzedakah is done in a way that it speeds up the hana, because I'm at home cooking, so when they come by, I'm able to give them food, as opposed to you, you just have to quickly give them cash on your way. So because, because, I'm supposed to, 
do something with mom upstairs in the women's section. But anyway, so the point is, so because um, because I give Hanok quicker, therefore I'm Zaycha to be saved and not you. So the Gemara says, Maikulei, why were they such extreme measures that they're running into ovens to avoid being seen? Well, what's going on? Where's the source? So it says the Gemara, it's better to jump into a furnace than into than into embarrass another Jew. So, and they, by the way, there's a shaila in the Mefarshim and the Rishayim and Achroinim of whether this is meant to be taken literally lahalocha, of whether it's better to be meiser nefesh mamish to avoid embarrassing someone, or is it bederach drush? But you see that Marok Vataka jumped into a furnace to avoid embarrassing this poor person. And where do we know this from? Mitamar, because he might ask, right? Mitamar was willing to get herself executed to not embarrass Yehuda. We'll end with these following couple stories. Marukva have ani b'shabuse. Marukva had a poor person in his neighborhood. He would send them 400 zoos every Erev Yom Kippur. One day he sent the money to him with his son. So again, so normally he just sends 400 zoos every Erev Yom Kippur. So one year he can't go, so he sends his son to give it. So the son comes back with the cash. He says he doesn't need it. He doesn't need it. He's not poor, don't, don't worry. He doesn't need the cash. So my chazis, so Marukva said, what did you see that you say that the guy doesn't need it? He says, And I saw that he was sprinkling, taking old aged wine and sprinkling the house as like a deodorant, like to make it smell good. If he does that, he's fine. So Marukva said, Marukva said, no, you see how, how accustomed to nice things he is. We should pay him double. Meaning he's not just a poor person. He's a poor person that has, has like a fine palate. So I actually have to send him double the amount. So he started sending him 800 zoos. The Gemara ends off with this. When Marzucha was about to pass away, he was obviously very into Tzedakah, and he says, I want to see the records of what I've given in my life. He found that he calculated on his deathbed of how much. He had given 7,000 Sianki dinarim. Which, um, a nice interlude. He had given that amount of money. Omar, See, he said, it's a, I have a sh- sh- small amount of cash and a long road. Meaning, to get to Elam Haba, it's not going to do it. So, he wrote half of his, whatever was left, half of his estate to Tzedakah. We'll end with this. Hey, how are you allowed to give half of your estate? I thought you were only supposed to give 20% the max. So how is he giving 50% of his money to Tzedakah? So the Gemara says, You're only supposed to give 20% of your money to Tzedakah max when you're living because we're afraid you spend all your money. You're going to become a poor person yourself. On your deathbed, when you're leaving anyway, you can give up to 50, you can give everything potentially on your deathbed. It doesn't matter anyway. The Gemara ends off. Rav Abba would take money in his like scarf, and he would put the scarf behind his back, meaning the wad of cash like an old uh, like like the old uh, bindles from the like, cartoons of the poor people, and he would walk poor the past the poor people, and they would know to just take some cash from him, and he would constantly be looking around to make sure that he wasn't robbed, to make sure that you know the people taking it were the poor people, but that way they would take it without him watching them, so that they wouldn't be embarrassed. That was up here.